What's up, everybody, and welcome back to The Cut. Sean, Christian, and Randy are here for all of your mediocre fantasy football advice. We're recording. It's about 8 o'clock here on Sunday. Christian, Randy, how are you guys feeling? How'd your week twos go? Uh, my, my week two went pretty well. I think I'm going to end up 2-2, two and two, which isn't ideal, but uh, I had Ben Roethlisberger starting in one league and James Conner with him, so uh, hoping for a better week three, that's for sure. Absolutely. Randy, what about you? How are you feeling? Uh, I'm feeling better now that I got most of my homework done. Uh, <laughs> week two went about the same as week one. I'm probably going to win at a two out of five leagues, so it's going to be great. It's going to be great. You got anything going tonight that you're relying on, or you're pretty much all set? Honestly, I forgot to check a lot of it. I, <laughs> I was prepared for this a bit. No problem here. So we'll go ahead and get started. First off, I want to say that we are presented by Anchor. Um, we're What we're going to do on this podcast here today is we're going to go over the Sunday games. We are recording, like I said, about 8 o'clock, so we aren't going to be able to recap the Sunday night game between the Falcons and the Eagles or the Monday night game between the Jets and the Browns. We will get to that in our second podcast that should be coming out later this week. First, I want to ask if anyone is looking to support the podcast, email us at officialcutpod at gmail.com. We'll give you some information about how to support. Follow us on Twitter at TheCutFFL. Subscribe to us on Spotify and Acre. Apple Podcasts and more platforms are hopefully coming soon. Should be within the next couple of weeks. Other than the Sunday night recap, we will be going over the Monday night game. We'll give you guys a little bit of a preview of that, as well as who we think are good waiver pickups for the weeks the week leading into week three so we'll go ahead and get started here first game we'll be recapping was the thursday night game bucks versus the panthers james winston was a little bit better than week one 16 for 25 208 yards and a touchdown the story here i think for the bucks offense was peyton barber did have 24 total touches to ronald jones's four peyton barber with 23 carries for 82 yards and score Christian, do you think it's Payne Barber's show going forward, or is this just a week-to-week thing? I think it's definitely going to be week-to-week. I think if Ronald Jones had come out and gotten that hot start, I think he would have been on the field. I think it's really difficult to determine who's going to be on the field in a Bruce Arians-led offense, especially at the running back position. Um, You can go all the way back through his history and see that it's basically been riding the hot hand. It's not even really a committee, so I think that you should be cautious with Peyton Barber moving forward. I can see that. I think that Ronald Jones has the more potential out of the two, and I do think that down the stretch he could get more carries, but I can see where you'd feel safer adding in Peyton Barber, even though neither of them really present much upside right now. Uh, Wide receivers, Chris Godwin had nine targets for eight catches, 121 yards and a touchdown. He did look really good. Mike Evans was somewhat of a quiet four catches for 61 yards. Um, I do think that he's due for a breakout in week three. But Chris Godwin, it's possible as the season goes on that Chris Godwin kind of takes over the targets for Winston. I know Bruce Arians had talked about at the beginning of the year how he wanted Chris Godwin on the field for every snap. So far, it does kind of look like that. But I'd say that's something to keep an eye on moving forward. But Mike Evans is still a safe play. 
OJ Howard was non-existent, no targets, no catches. Bruce Arians did come out at the end of the week and say that he felt like he could play much better. Randy, do you trust OJ Howard in week three? No, not in week three. I'm going to bench him for sure and look for a different option. I don't feel comfortable dropping him yet. Obviously, you spent a high pick on him, so I'd wait. I think Godwin's just taking over the Larry Fitzgerald role here. He's just going to be getting eight to nine targets at least a week and see if he gets a touchdown. What blows my mind about what Arian said, though, is he's not drawing up plays for O.J. Howard. O.J. Howard could dominate these games but he's not even getting looked at, and I think that would be some huge cause for concern. I definitely won't be starting him this week. Yeah, yeah, I can definitely see that. Looking at the Panthers' side, Cam did throw the ball 51 times, 25 for 51, 333 yards through the air. They had nine red zone drives in the game. It didn't come with a single touchdown, which affected Christian McCaffrey's value also. 16 carries for 37 yards, did have two catches for 16. Obviously, Christian McCaffrey is a top three running back. I wouldn't be worried about that. Cam, for now, he's probably a quarterback, too. I, I know I have him in a league, and I did pick up Josh Allen. I'm probably going to be starting Josh Allen over him next. And um, I don't feel safe with Cam right now. Hopefully, his ankle isn't bothering him, and he comes out with a better week three. I'm okay if he plays a little bit better week three. Then I'll start him again week four. Curtis Samuel targeted 13 times, five catches for 91 yards. DJ Moore with a solid nine for 89. I think these two guys can probably both be trusted week to week. DJ Moore maybe has more of a reliable floor, whereas Curtis Samuel is more big play dependent, where he's more of a boomer bust pick. And Greg Olson kind of came back from the dead after week one. Six catches for 110 yards on nine targets. He's probably an okay tight end op- option if you don't own one of the younger guys or if you're kind of tight end needy there. Second game here was the Cardinals and the Ravens. Uh, Ravens were able to pull that game out, 23-17. Kyler Murray did throw the ball 40 times again, 25 for 40 for 349 yards. Did not have a touchdown or an interception. Had three rushes for four yards. Randy, can you trust Kyler as a QB1 given that air rate offense? I think volume-wise, you can. I, I assume he's going to run a little bit more as time goes on as he gets more comfortable with it. But he's he's getting used to his targets, and yeah, I mean, they're playing. They have so many plays. The game is ridiculous. Yeah, it is unbelievable. I think I know. I was kind of tracking that game the whole day, and just the amount of times it felt like they had the ball versus where the. Uh, Ravens said the ball was unbelievable. I think it was more the Ravens were probably more consistent. But uh, looking at the running backs, uh, David Johnson, seven carries for only 14 yards, did have a one-yard score. He left the game with a wrist injury, but he did come back right before halftime. That shouldn't be anything to worry about. It did seem like he was somewhat game-scripted out as they were trying to chase. Uh, Wide receivers to note, Christian Kirk, six catches for 114 yards on eight targets, along with Fitzgerald, 11 targets was able to bring in five for 104 yards. Christian, do you think both these guys are reliable? I do. I think that last week was kind of an anomaly for Christian Kirk. Like Randy said, Kyler's still getting used to this offense and getting used to his targets. So I think that you could load up Christian Kirk and as like a wide receiver three, 
Um, I think I'd rather have Fitzgerald over the course of the season just because he's shown the consistency for years and years and years, and he still looks like he's 2007 Larry Fitzgerald. So uh, unless you're in a dynasty, I'd much rather have Fitz. Yep, looking at the Ravens side, uh, my start of the week this week was Lamar Jackson. He had 272 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. The big note here was 16 carries for 120 yards on the ground. That showed kind of why his value is much higher in four-point passing touchdown leagues. In a standard league, he did score 30.88 fantasy points. So looking at the Ravens side here, uh, my start of the week, one of my starts of the week, Lamar Jackson. 272 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. The note here was 16 carries for 120 yards. Um, I think that showed that the rushing ability for him could be much more valuable and just makes him more valuable in a four-point passing touchdown league. He had 30 fantasy points in a standard scoring quarterback league. Mark Ingram, 13 carries for 47 yards. He did leave the game in the second quarter, but uh, came back. Looked like it was a hamstring injury. Uh, Hollywood Brown, 13 targets, 8 catches for 86 yards. Uh, I think it's clear that he's the Ravens wide receiver one, and he's the guy you want to own on that offense going forward. Mark Andrews with another big day, 8 catches for 112 yards and a touchdown. He has gone over 100 yards and has caught a touchdown in back-to-back games. Christian, do you agree that he's probably a top 10 tight end play this season? Yeah, for sure. I thought that coming into the season. I think that you have to take these first two games with a grain of salt. Those are two really, really bad defenses. But Mark Andrews is going to get his, and I think that Lamar's been relying on him a little more than even I expected. So I would definitely start him up, especially over someone like O.J. Howard next week. Absolutely. I know there's probably a decent amount of teams that do own both, so I would agree. Moving on here to the Chargers and the Lions. Lions. 13-10. Thirteen to ten. Philip Rivers was just okay. Twenty-three for thirty-six, two hundred ninety-three yards and an interception. That interception did come at a costly time in the red zone at the end of the game. Randy, do you think he's still okay to stream? Yeah, I mean this is what he this is what he is. He's gonna have these kind of games and he's gonna throw the same amount of yards and get two touchdowns. He's he's a streamer. I mean, just pick the right matchup. This is gonna be a slower game no matter what, so it wasn't the right week. Yeah, he's definitely more matchup dependent. Uh, Austin Eckler did have 17 carries for 66 yards and a touchdown. Six catches for 67 yards through the air. He did lose a fumble on the one-yard line, which could have had his end stat line a little bit better. One thing to note here, too, Justin Jackson did have seven carries for 59 yards. I personally think that as the season goes on, before Melvin Gordon reports, Justin Jackson is going to cut into Austin Eckler's value because he is also a very talented runner. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he is a very talented running back, but I don't think that he's going to cut into Eckler's value just because of the pass-catching work that Eckler gets. He looks okay on the ground, but, I mean, when you catch the ball for 67 yards on top of the 66 you ran for, I think it's tough to cut into that value. Yeah, that could be true, but I do think Justin Jackson did a little bit of both at Northwestern, and going forward he can... He can catch passes if he needs. Looking at the wide receivers, Keenan Allen had 15 targets today. He had uh, eight catches for 98 yards. Mike Williams was questionable going in. He was active. The goal was to play him in the red zone. He ended up with three catches for 83 yards. 
If he's healthy, I think you're safe to start him on that wide receiver two to three borderline. Once he gets a couple weeks in, I think he could become a wide receiver two. And obviously, Hunter Henry is going to be out for up to eight weeks. I think that's going to help out Mike Williams moving forward also. On the Lions side, Matthew Stafford, 22 for 30, 245 yards, two touchdowns, two picks. I personally think you can still stream him, given the right matchup, kind of just like Rivers. Uh, on Johnson, 12 carries for 41 yards. Did add two catches for 47 yards and a score. He looked elusive on his run. He looked like he can get to that extra gear. The nice thing to note here was C.J. Anderson did only have five carries for eight yards. Randy, is this good news for carry-on owners, do you think, with uh, C.J. Anderson only having five carries? Yeah, I think this is more what the split's going to be. It's going to be about 70% carry-on because of his passing work. And the only, literally, it's still the only worry is Anderson taking goal I touch. Yeah, that's true. We haven't really seen that situation come up yet through the first two weeks, so that's something to note moving forward. Big game for Kenny Galladay. Ten targets, eight catches for 117 yards and a touchdown. Marvin Jones with just five catches for 43 yards. Personally, I believe that Kenny Galladay is the clear wide receiver you want to own in that Detroit passing game. Uh, Danny Amendola, 0.0 on one target. Some people with the speculative ad last week, you can go ahead and drop him. Uh, TJ Hawkinson, one catch for seven yards, which is a big letdown after the crazy week last week. I think that's why it's tough to trust rookie tight ends in this kind of landscape. I know that it's tough with the tight ends that were running out there week to week, but just try. If you have another option, I would probably go with that for week three just to see if TJ Hawkinson can get back into the fold. Next game we'll take a look at here was the Colts-Titans. Jacoby Brissett, 17 for 28, only 146 yards, did have three touchdowns and one interception. Added 25 yards on seven rushes. Christian, do you think he's a streaming option at all, or is he a quarterback, too? I think he's more of a streaming option. I think that he did a really good job against that really good Titans defense. I wouldn't trust Brissett in most lineups. If you have other options, I would definitely roll with them. But I think Brissett is a fine stream, depending on matchup. That's fair. Um, I think that in two quarterback leagues, he's he's not a bad quarterback to play because he does have a little bit of a rushing ability too. Uh, running backs, Marlon Mack did have 20 carries for 51 yards, added two catches for 12 yards through the air. That's kind of a disappointment given his big week one. I don't think that's a problem though moving forward because he did get 22 touches and he does 100% lead that Colts backfield. T.Y. Hilton, four catches for 43 yards and a touchdown. Personally, I'm a little bit worried of his every week reception total not being what you'd want it to be out of a wide receiver too, but he is a big play guy, and with no Andrew Luck, there's no real telling of how Jacoby Brissett's going to use him. I think he's a little bit volatile, but I'm okay throwing him out there as a wide receiver too, because while Paris Campbell's athletic, he did have one catch for a 12-yard touchdown, I think Hilton is still the target that Brissett's going to keep using week in and week out. For the tight ends, they combined between Ebron and Doyle to have five catches for 47 yards. Uh, Eric Ebron did catch a short yard touchdown. I would probably leave both of them on waivers unless you're absolutely desperate for a tight end week to week. It's just, it's too hard to trust either of them. 
The looking at the Titans side, Marcus Mariota, 19 for 28, only 154 yards and a touchdown, no picks. Did add in 32 rushing yards. Don't roster him. You don't need him. He's too volatile. He's not going to face the Browns defense like that every week. Don't don't roster. Derrick Henry. <laughs> Derrick Henry with 15 carries for 81 yards and a t- and a one yard touchdown. He did have two catches for 12 yards. Deion Lewis was unproductive. He can probably be left on the waiver wire. Also, go ahead and drop him. AJ Brown, five ca- five catches. I'm sorry, three catches for 25 yards on five targets. Corey Davis, three catches for 38 yards on five targets. Randy, do you trust any pass catcher in Tennessee? Uh, no, just Delaney Walker. I think yeah. I think this game's a more indictment of the Browns played really bad last week and the Titans defense is legit. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I think the Titans definitely showed that on the road in Cleveland last week and again this week. Delaney Walker, four catches for 39 yards. He is probably still a safe tight end one, just given who else is out there. 49ers and Bengals will be the next game we kind of go over here. Jimmy G, 17 for 25, 297, three touchdowns, one pick. He did look a lot better than last week, and he was very efficient. Randy's must start of the week, Matt Breida, 121 yards on only 12 carries. The big note about this was Raheem Mostert also added in 13 carries for 83 yards and had three catches for 68 yards and a touchdown. And then some guy named Jeff Wilson. I'm kidding. I know who <laughs> Jeff Wilson is. But he added in 10 carries for 34 yards and two touchdowns. Vultured away, both touchdowns from Breida and Mostert. Christian, are you worried about that? Or is Mostert or Breida safe as an RB2? I think you have to be worried just because this was a solid matchup for them. The Bengals' defense is god-awful. And I think that was shown here. Um, I don't think Jeff Wilson's going to vulture these touchdowns every week. I would probably start Brita moving forward, um, and I would be hesitant, but I could maybe slide Mostert into a flex. My dynasty league hopes that Jeff Wilson is somewhat valuable. <laughs> nope, I have the other two. Uh, <laughs> I Honestly, I think this is a little bit more uh, what happened game script-wise, why everyone got involved, but also you got to remember like almost every week, Breida came in hurt. So he's questionable coming in. They only gave him a little bit of workload. He dominated. So I think that's just what the sign you want to see is. Yeah, just the one thing I'm worried about with Breida is he has never been a workhorse. And I don't know if that changes. I I, I understand. I'm just saying that I don't know if that's going to be a 25-carry guy moving forward. Looking at the receivers. Yeah, ceiling of like 19. Yeah, that's fair. Looking at the receivers, Debo Samuel, five catches for 87 yards and a touchdown. Marquise Goodwin added in three for 77 and a touchdown. Debo Samuels is probably the guy you want to own in that receiving core. We'll get to that a little bit later. And for the love of God, drop Dante Pettis and redraft, please. Just get rid of him. Hey, Sean, remember when I offered you a trade where I would take Dante Pettis off your hands and you said, "Mm, I think he'll be good this week. Dynasty is different. <laughs> Shut up. George Kittle, George Kittle, three catches for 54 yards. He's still fine. I think this was more game script also. Looking at the Bengals, Andy Dalton, 26 for 42, 311 yards, two touchdowns, one pick. San Francisco controlled a lot of this game. 
I think he's still okay to stream in the right matchup, kind of in the Rivers and Stafford tier. Joe Mixon was active. Uh, there were questions going into the week with his ankle injury. 11 carries for only 17 yards, three catches for 10 yards. I think he was more game scripted out than anything else. And there's nothing to worry about with Gio Bernard because he didn't really produce at all. Tyler Boyd, 10 targets, 10 catches for 122 yards. He's definitely a wide receiver too until A.J. Green comes back. A.J. Green did sh- did get rid of the walking boot and is working out an individual drill, so that's something to monitor moving forward. John Ross, four catches for 112 yards and a touchdown. He did kind of salvage his fantasy day with the 66-yard touchdown in garbage time in the fourth quarter. Tyler, Tyler Eifert added in three catches for nine yards and a touchdown. You don't need to roster him either. Looking at the Jaguars and the Texans, Gardner Minshew, 23 of 33 for 213 yards, did add in a touchdown, six carries, did rush for 56 yards. Christian, I know you had interest in Gardner Minshew last week going into this game. Are you still interested? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I honestly didn't think that he had that much rushing ability, but to put up 56 yards on that good defense, I know that was kind of game script. But he did. I mean, he only had 10 incompletions. He didn't throw any picks. That's phenomenal against that Texans defense. That didn't look great in week one, but it's still a formidable defense. So I think that I'm probably going to look at picking up Gardner Minshew this week. That's fair. I don't know if I would necessarily start him. I, I know that he did have the one touchdown, but he only threw for 213 yards. I understand that Houston's a decent defense. But, I mean, if, if, if you want to start him, I can understand it. Leonard Fournette, 15 carries for 47 yards. Did add in four catches for 40 yards receiving. He's going to be the workhorse in that backfield. There's nothing really to worry about there. DJ Chark, again, with a big game. Seven catches for 50, 155 yards and a touchdown. Um, we'll get to him a little bit later, um, but he is definitely someone to keep an eye on. You Wait, Sean, you were right with 55. Was it 55? Yeah. But still. All right. Great pickup. Yeah. So I apologize. I thought it was 155. It was only 55, but yeah, great pickup. Go get him. D.D. Westbrook, one catch for three yards on five targets. I'm personally worried. I have D.D. in a couple leagues. And with no Nick Foles, who likes to target the slot, I'm scared. I, I think DD's no better than a wide receiver four, maybe even a wide receiver five right now. Uh, other thing to note, Chris Conley, four catches for 73 yards on five targets. The Texans' offense struggled. Deshaun Watson, 16 for 29, only 159 yards. Did add in a two-yard rushing touchdown. Carlos Hyde was the big thing to note here. 20 carries for 90 yards. I think that Duke Johnson is kind of lost in that backfield. I've never been a huge Duke Johnson guy. He only had six carries for 31 yards, wasn't targeted in the passing game. If you own Duke as a wider, as a running back, too, I would probably downgrade him to a flex play. But Sean, what was uh, Duke's average yards per carry, though? I don't know. He had six carries for 31 yards. Do the math. <laughs> exactly. He averaged five yards per carry. I will never understand why this guy doesn't get more work, but... But you've seen it in back-to-back weeks. That's the whole thing. I know. Because he has terrible hamstring. That's that true. Too. Yeah. Get 10 touches and he pulls the ham. <laughs> DeAndre Hopkins, five catches for 40 yards on eight targets. Will Fuller, four catches for 40 yards. Obviously, Hopkins is fine. If you have DeAndre Hopkins, you're starting him every week. Will Fuller is probably the wide receiver two in that offense, so he's probably safe. He's probably on the wide receiver two to three borderline. 
Uh, Kenny Stills, two catches for 38 yards. I don't think he holds much value. Packers-Vikings will be the next game we go over here. Kirk Cousins did not look good. 14 for 32, 230 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions, and he lost a fumble. He just didn't look good. Couldn't get anything going. Dalvin Cook did get stuff going, though. 20 carries, 154 yards and a touchdown, adding in three catches for 37 yards. I think he's a clear top 10 running back one. If he plays all 16 games, I think he's going to finish top 10. Top uh, five. Top three. Yeah. Well, okay. What? Let's just call. <laughs> no, Austin Eckler is going to be top three, though. Oh, yeah, my God. <laughs> Alexander Madison did have four carries, but that's nothing to worry about there. This is Dalvin Cook's backfield. Adam Thielen, five catches for 75 yards. Uh, with Kirk Cousins only completing 14 passes, I guess you'll take that as a Thielen owner. Stephon Diggs had the world's weirdest game. One catch for 49 yards and a touchdown. He did have a second touchdown called back for offensive pass interference. Had seven targets. Got called for uh, unsportsmanlike conduct after he did score the touchdown for taking his helmet off for some reason. But, Christian, are you worried about Diggs? Uh, as the Diggs owner, kind of. I mean, to get seven targets and only come down with one, that is not something I like to see as a fantasy owner, but I think he'll work it out. The, the Packers defense is really tough this year, surprisingly. So. I think it may have been a product of game script. I guess I'll have to see week three. Yeah, that's fair. I think that they've had two good weeks in a row defensively, so it's curious to see if they can keep that going. On the other side, Aaron Rodgers, 22 for 34, 209 yards and two touchdowns. Aaron Jones had a pretty big game today, 23 carries for 160 yards and a touchdown, did add in four catches for 34 yards. The nice thing was, uh, Jamal Williams only with nine carries for 28 yards. Did catch a 15-yard passing touchdown. But, Randy, does this look like it's not a timeshare anymore that it's going to be Aaron Jones' backfield? I hope so. <laughs> I hope LeFleur actually figures out how to run an offense. It's incredible. Yeah, and that's it one thing like, to note, too. It looks, like he's, it looks like Williams is still going to be used as the big-body guy, though. Yeah, that's true. I think that's one thing to note is this is Matt LaFleur's second game as a head coach. Um, so we'll see how it goes moving forward, but I don't think he has the idea of Mike McCarthy where he can see that Aaron Jones is clearly the most talented back there. Uh, wide receivers, Devontae Adams has somewhat of a bounce back, seven catches for 106 yards. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, only three catches for 19 yards on six targets, and there was a Geronimo Allison sighting. Four catches for 25 yards on the touchdown on five targets. Just keep an eye on that. Week to week, we don't really know who the wide receiver two in Green Bay is. They both have some value, but not much if it's going to keep bouncing back and forth like this. And Jimmy Graham didn't have a catch. Don't start him week. Or week Cowboys, four. Or five. Or week. And <laughs> I, th- I think you guys get the gist. <laughs> Cowboys Redskins. My must start of the week, Dak Prescott, 26 for 30, 269 yards, three touchdowns, one pick. Five carries for 69 yards and a ridiculous stiff arm on Josh Norman. Nice. I think Dak is a QB1, and I'm going to say that Dak could finish top five this year in production. I would agree with that. I think he's in his contract here, and he knows it. So, Yeah, he's gonna get obviously paid. that's a huge thing. I'm, Jerry Jones is going to find it. I agree. I mean, if Zeke got his money, I think Dak's going to get it too. Speaking of Zeke, 23 carries for 111 yards and a touchdown with two catches. You can safely deploy him every week for the production you expected out of him when you drafted him in the first round. 
after that whole contract situation was up. Christian's must start of the week. Michael Gallup, six catches for 68 yards on eight targets. Mari Cooper, four catches for 44 yards and a touchdown. There was a long touchdown pass to Devin Smith. Both wide receivers, I think, between Gallup and Cooper can be started on a weekly basis. Gallup is probably more of a wide receiver three. Cooper could be on that wide receiver one to two border. Do you guys both kind of agree with that? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I do. I think Gallup could be on that wide receiver two line some weeks as well. Yeah, he could. I think that's dependent on the matchup. I'd say right now I'd, he's a probably safe wide receiver three. Case Keenum on the Redskins side, 26 for 37, 221 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. Adrian Peterson was bottled up but did score. 10 carries for 25 yards and a touchdown. Chris Thompson, five catches for 48 yards, didn't really add in much on the ground. Randy, do you have any kind of thoughts on this backfield? Um, would you want to roster both of these guys? No. Uh, I mean, Thompson's not terrible. It's just a better game script than this for Thompson, where they need him to be out to the backfield more. Uh, but I, this wasn't a great matchup for them anyways. So I, I, I just kind of chalk this one up for the running back. Yeah, that's fair. I think Thompson is 100% a PPR play. If you're in a half point or a standard league, there's probably no point in rostering him. Terry McLaurin, five catches for 62 yards and a touchdown. I think he's probably a safe wide receiver three. It does look like Case Keenum is going to keep looking his way. Trey Quinn added in four catches for 36 yards. I think between McLaurin, Peterson some weeks, and Thompson and PPR, those are probably the only guys you can trust in that Redskins offense. Seahawks and the Steelers is the next game here. Russell Wilson, 29 for 35, 300 yards, three touchdowns. Did add in 22 yards rushing. Chris Carson, 15 carries for 60 yards. Did fumble, and Pete Carroll kind of punished him a little bit. He had Rashad Penny take 10 carries for 62 yards. Rashad Penny did have a somewhat long touchdown. Uh, Christian, I know you're a Carson Hollner in a couple leagues. Is Penny a must-handcuff? Um... I, I'm I'm sad today about Chris Carson. I don't think that he deserved that punishment. I think he is the better back. And if Rashad Penny steals away that many carries, I I don't even know what to say about this man. It's it's a little sad. I don't think that Carson's gonna fumble anymore, uh, ever. Again, I think it kind of goes back to the conversations that you and I have had. They don't spend a first-round draft pick on Rashad Penny if they don't want to use it. I think that's going to keep coming into play because Penny was great when he was in college, and I think they have him on the roster for a reason. I mean, that's what I've always thought about that. Uh, Tyler Lockett, 10 catches for 79 yards on 12 targets. Anytime you got a slot receiver going against the Steelers, you probably want to play him. The Steelers' slot corners are not good. DK Metcalf, three catches for 61 yards. Tyler Lockett definitely a safe wide receiver too. Um, Christian's favorite tight end, Will Disley, five catches for fifty yards and two touchdowns. I'd say keep an eye on him moving forward. Don't roster him yet, but he could possibly be a starter as the season goes on. Uh, the note here for the Steelers: Big Ben was eight for fifteen with seventy-five yards. Did leave the game with an elbow injury. The Steelers are a little bit worried. They're going to give him an MRI tomorrow. Mason Rudolph came into the game twelve for nineteen, hundred and twelve yards, two touchdowns and a pick. Randy, are you worried about the Steelers' offense with Mason Rudolph if Roethlisberger is forced to miss time? I thought it looked better with Rudolph. It looked okay. more simple, obviously. 
but he clearly showed a connection with the backup receivers more. But, I mean, they need to move Juju around the lineup so much more for him to be effective. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I obviously talent-wise... He didn't have a catch in the game until he played a slot receiver rep. Yep. Yep. That was obviously early second, I think. Yeah, that sounds about right. Obviously, Big Ben, talent-wise, there is much better than Rudolph, but if they can get the ball out quick with him, it's interesting to see how he is moving forward. James Conner, another tough game. 11 carries for 33 yards. Did salvage the game with a touchdown. Left the game with a leg injury. Christian, do you know, did he come back in that game, or was he out? I don't know. Yeah, I, I We're going to have to look that? into Sorry. that. James, James Conner. He, he, they set him out. Okay. So keep an eye on that moving forward. Um, Jalen Samuels would be the guy to play there if James Conner is forced to miss time. Real quick, you, yep. Benny Snell did break off a really long run today. I might keep an eye on Benny Snell as well. Yeah, absolutely. That could be someone as a uh, kind of a running back that you don't really have to pay much for, but just keep an eye on him. Juju, five catches for 84 yards. He should still be safe, like Randy said. I think they're going to learn how to use him, especially with Mason Rudolph if he has to. Dante Moncrief, one target, no catches. Garbage. You can, pro- you can probably drop him. He looked terrible week one, didn't have anything week two. Uh, James Washington is someone to keep an eye on, too, moving forward. And Vance McDonald, seven catches for 38 yards and two touchdowns. If anyone dropped him, I saw it in a couple of leagues. Go pick him up now. Start him week three. <laughs> Bills over the Bills over the Giants here, 28-14. Josh Allen, 19 for 30, 253 yards, one touchdown, 21 yards rushing, and did add a rushing score. The note here, Frank Gore, as disappointing as it is, he had 19 carries for 68 yards and a touchdown. Devin Singletary only with six carries for 57, but did score. He left the game with a hamstring injury, so that's something to note moving forward. Christian, is Frank Gore an RB2 if Singletary's out, or is he a flex play? I think the best would be a flex play. I would still be hesitant to toss him in the flex. This was against the Giants. Uh, We talked about it in the last podcast. I think we could have expected this against the Giants, so I don't know that Gore is ever going to slide into my lineup. Yeah, that's... I don't... Ahead, Sorry, I, I think he's ranked right there with a, a starting eight Barber. Yeah, where yeah. they're going to get 20 carries, but no passing game. You hope they get a touchdown. Yeah. I mean, maybe if you're out of options, you can start Gore week three, but you're probably going to hate yourself. Uh-huh. Christians must start of week two. John Brown, seven catches for 72 yards on eight targets. Cole Beasley added in four catches for 83 yards. He had a 51 yard catch that set up a score. I think John Brown could be locked in as a top 30 wide receiver. Christian, do you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, with how much Josh Allen looks at him, if he gets a touchdown here, he's a top 12 receiver this week. So I think 30 might be the the lowest he would be at the end of the season. See, I don't think I would go too far. I don't, I don't know if he can be top 20, but... In the 20 to 30 range, I can definitely see. On the Giants' side, Eli Manning, 26 for 45, 250 yards, one touchdown, and two picks. Folks, it's only a matter of time before we see Daniel Jones. 
I, I, Eli has had a great career. I just don't think he has anything left. Saquon, 18 carries for 170, 107 yards and a touchdown. Added in three catches for 28 yards. Obviously, he's still safe as the guy you drafted him. Uh, Sterling Shepard was out with a concussion. Uh, Cody Latimer ended up getting a concussion in-game. Uh, so that left Benny Fowler as the as the top healthy wide receiver. He had five catches for 51 yards. Don't obviously don't trust him. Um, Shepard and Golden Tate are probably the only two guys uh, pass catchers in the for the Giants that you want to roster. Uh, other than Evan Ingram for the tight end, I was getting to that. Uh, Evan Ingram did he did have somewhat of a disappointing game. Uh, I know that with no Shepard. Some people expected that he was going to go off just like he did in week one, but he did only have six catches for 48 yards on eight targets. Obviously, like Randy said, Ingram is probably the safest guy in that pass catching group. But um, keep an eye, like I said, keep an eye on Golden State. He is due to come back from suspension week five. He could be a guy moving forward also. Really quick, Patriots. Yep. Benny Fowler made me look like a genius. If you guys (laughs) caught our DFS episode this morning, I said that Benny Fowler could be a good play for someone who loaded up on running backs and and didn't have a lot of money left to spend. He ended up with, I believe, 12 points because he took a carry or two for 20 yards. So um, making me look like a genius. Shout out to Benny Fowler. Yeah, folks, keep an eye on that DFS podcast. That is Randy and Christian, and we they should be coming out with that again in week three. Definitely some value plays there. Uh, Patriots and the Dolphins. I'll tell you what, there's not much to talk about here on the Dolphin side, so we won't. Uh, Patriots side, Tom Brady, 20 for 28, 264, two touchdowns. Did add in a one-yard rushing score. Obviously, he took advantage of the matchup. Um, Randy's must start of the week. Tony Michelle, 21 carries for 85 yards and a touchdown. So those of you who stuck with him after week one were rewarded. Had 4.0 yards per carry, which is decent. James White did catch a touchdown pass. He had three catches for 19 yards, didn't have a carry. Uh, James White, to me, is still a running back three. And if Michelle is going to continue to get 21 to 22 touches a game, I don't know if he can be anything more than that. Randy, do you think he could be anything more than a running back three? Yeah, it's that's what he's going to be. He's going to he's game dependent. Obviously, they weren't going to need him out in the passing game a lot. He's going to get probably five to six carries a game, same as Burkhead. This is uh, you got also another big thing to note is the Patriots basically were without three starting linemen today, so the running holes weren't amazing, and Michelle still did dominate. Yeah, definitely something to note. Um... We'll have to look into to see how long those guys might be out for, but that's definitely just something to take note of as well. Uh, Antonio Brown, his first game as a New England Patriot, went well. Four catches for 56 yards and a touchdown on eight targets. Uh, Randy, I know you and I were texting back and forth earlier. Did it look like he was only in on certain sets? It did. It, it looked like, and that's what they were talking about during the game. Brady obviously came out and said it's going to be a learning process because they have a huge playbook. Uh, I mean, it looked like they got him in for only three wide receiver sets for the most part, and it looked like they were designated hot routes for him to get him involved and trust him with Brady. Uh, and it, they, I think him, Edelman, and Gordon had about the same targets, like five or six. I know, actually, Brown probably had a little bit more with that one red zone yeah, drive. Yeah, Brown, Brown I catches. think, had eight targets total. Yeah. But without that red zone drive, they're the same. So right, 
Yeah, that's definitely something to note, too. Obviously, as Antonio Brown continues to practice with that offense, they're going to want to utilize him more. And talent-wise, he is one of the best receivers in the NFL. Uh, Julian Edelman, four catches for 51 yards. Josh Gordon, only two for 19. Obviously, with A.B. in the fold, Josh Gordon is probably the one that takes the biggest hit. Um, just keep an eye on that. If you have another option week three, I would probably look towards that instead of playing Gordon. And the Dolphins had 184 total yards in an entire game, so we will not talk about them. <laughs> Disgusting. Maybe, maybe roster Balage, and maybe Preston Williams. And that's, that's, that's a very hard maybe. Well, if Drake's completely gone, that's more yeah, right. Like there were trade rumors going into Sunday about the Dolphins looking to get rid of Kenyon Drake, so keep an eye on that. Obviously. Kalen Balazs will hold more value if he's the only guy back there. Very Chiefs, small amount of value, though. Yeah, Still don't really want him. Definitely fair. Chiefs Raiders, Pat Mahomes, 30 for 44, 443 yards and four touchdowns, which all came in the first half. LaShawn McCoy did have 11 carries for 23 yards and added in three catches, but did not record a yard there. That's a little bit disappointing, uh, given that he looked good in week one, and you were hoping that he would be more utilized in week two, but that didn't happen. Damian Williams, nine carries for eight yards. Added three catches for 48 and left the game with a leg injury. We'll have to see what happens there. The Chiefs haven't announced anything on that. Obviously, like I said, we're recording this on Sunday, so keep an eye on that at the early part of next week. Christian, is McCoy an RB2 if Williams was missed time? No. Williams isn't even an RB2 when he's in there. So I think the RB3 flex is the best you're going to get out of Shady. Maybe. Wow. See, I think if it's Shady's backfield in itself, I think he can be an RB2. Uh, they are going to throw to him a little bit too. If, Like I said, if Williams is out, I think that Shady could possibly be used as a running back too. And if Williams was this time. Shady's but, 900 years old. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter. They He's younger like than Frank Gore. <laughs> yeah, but Frank Gore yeah, is still that's good. good. That's fair. Demarcus <laughs> <laughs> oh so Robinson was the big note here. Six catches for 172 yards and two touchdowns on six targets. He did get loose. Um, I don't know what the Raiders secondary was doing, but um, nothing. He should A whole be lot of nothing. He should be rostered everywhere if he's on waivers. We'll get to, again, we'll get to that a little bit later. Uh, Sammy Watkins, a disappointing six catches for 49 yards. Did have 13 targets, so that's a little bit, po- that's a positive uh, note there. But the Raiders did kind of key in on him, uh, let the other guys beat him, and they did. Every, everybody else beat him. Uh, Miko Hardman, four catches for 61 yards. Did also get loose for a long touchdown. That's kind of what I think he's, the role he's going to play is he's not going to get seven, eight catches, but if he scores a long touchdown like he did in week two, then it's going to be very helpful for your fantasy week, and it helped me out in my dynasty league that I started him in. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I I think you can liken him kind of to Curtis Samuel, and Carolina is more of a gadget yeah. player that's gonna has a great chance to break off a big play. That's definitely a good comparison. I, I never really thought about that, but that's someone that resembles kind of what they have Meikle on the team for. Do the uh, Chiefs Kelsey, just sorry. run nine routes? Kind of. I mean, because that's what probably. it seems like. It that would from, make sense. I, I was doing homework while the game was on, but it was. It seemed like they were keying in on Watkins, and obviously they have injuries in the secondary, and the secondary is not great to begin with. 
So they were just blazing them all game. And I and on the DFS podcast, I said that Kelsey always kills the Raiders, and he did again. Yeah, I that's definitely something that uh, whoever the Raiders are going against moving forward, especially if these secondary guys are going to miss time, is probably someone you want to key in for your starts. Travis Kelsey, seven catches for 177 yards and a touchdown on nine targets. He did. He looked like the guy you drafted him to be. He was a second-round draft pick for most people, and he formed that way week two. Uh, the Raiders came out hot, got up 10-0 early, and then pulled off. Derek Carr was a popular streamer this week, uh, 23 for 38, 198 yards, one touchdown, and two picks. Did only have a 5.2 yards per attempt. Josh Jacobs showed out again, 12 carries for 99 yards, briefly left the game but came back. He's probably a safe running back, too. I know, Christian, you and I had talked last week about him potentially being an RB1. I don't know if I see that either, given the Raiders' offensive struggles, but I think he could be an RB2 for sure. Uh, Tyrell Williams, five catches for 46 yards and a touchdown. He did also leave the game, so that's something you'll want to keep an eye on, too. Uh, Hunter Renfro, a little bit better game, four catches for 30 yards. And then tight end-wise, Darren Waller, six for 63 on seven targets. He's a safe top 12 play, giving the target volume that he's going to have under John Gruden for this entire season. Saints and the Rams. Big news here was that Drew Brees left the game in the first quarter with a thumb injury, did not return. He was on the sidelines for the game, had his thumb wrapped. But Teddy Bridgewater never really had room to maneuver. 17 for 30, 165 yards. Uh, Christian, how much is this offense downgraded between Kamara, Latavius Murray, Michael Thomas, if Drew Brees was the missed time? Oh, man. Um, significantly, I would be worried as the Michael Thomas owner. When I was watching the game, I noticed that Jared Cook was more targeted uh, when Bridgewater was in. I did turn the game off a little bit into it, but... Um, Man, I don't even know if Bridgewater's going to start week three because they're talking about Taysom Hill maybe taking over. So if that happens, it's a completely completely different offense. So I I would be worried as those owners. If if Hill's the quarterback, I think that bumps Kamara. Oh, because, for sure. Because they're going to integrate a lot of different things. Yeah, you could see some option. Um, I'm like. As we've seen, they like to use Taysom Hill as a runner, so that could definitely be something that is penciled in for week three. Uh, Kamara, 13 carries for 45 yards, did add in one catch. Obviously, that's a disappointing performance out of a guy you probably drafted top three. Uh, Latavius Murray didn't get anything going either. He had five carries, couldn't really maneuver. Michael Thomas, 13 targets, 10 catches for 89 yards. Nice to see, for especially for PPR players, that he was able to haul in 10 balls still. He's probably a safe wide receiver one, especially in PPR. Uh, after week one, there was possibly some screaming interest to keep an eye on with Ted Ginn. Didn't happen in week two. Obviously, with Teddy Bridgewater, that whole team takes a hit. So that you probably don't want to roster any other Saints receiver. And then Jared Cook, two catches for 25 yards, did have seven targets. And on the Rams side, Jared Goff got it going a little bit. 19 for 28. 283-1 and no picks. He did rush in a one-yard TD. Todd Gurley, 16 carries for 63 yards and a score. Malcolm Brown, only with six carries for 37 yards. Randy, as a Gurley owner, are you a little bit intrigued on how uh, Brown was not out there for nearly as many snaps? 
Yeah, I like it. I think they are starting to like how Gurley's responding this year. Obviously, they came into the year barely knowing anything just because he didn't play preseason or anything. I think by week five or six, we could be back to about the 25 touches a game mark. So I'd be, if the girly owner's looking to sell, I'd be interested. Yeah, I think that's something to note. Um, Some people might see that, oh, hey, he only had 63 yards again, even though he scored. And people drafted him back into the first round, beginning of the second round. Uh, if if you can possibly buy low on him, I absolutely would. Uh, Cooper Cup had a big game. Five catches for 120 yards. Did have a 60-yard touchdown called down at the half-yard line after initially being ruled a score. That was very thankful for my dynasty team. Um, Brandon Cooks, three catches for 74 yards on four targets. I think he showed the big play potential that he's going to be in this Rams offense. Uh, Robert Woods, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. He had a one-yard slant route that he did catch. Uh, And then Robert Woods, a disappointing two catches for 33 yards, had a 12-yard screen pass that he scored called back due to a ticky-tack penalty. Um, I'd probably still feel good about all three Rams wide receivers. I think still to the point that Cup and Woods are probably a little bit more valuable than Cooks, but they're all due. They could all have big games, so you you'd obviously be safe rostering all three of them and putting them out there as your Last game we're going to cover here was the Bears over the Broncos. Mitch Trubisky, 16 for 27, 120 yards. That's an unbelievable stat in itself. Uh, No touchdowns, no picks. David Montgomery, 18 carries for 62 yards and a touchdown. Uh, The nice thing to note here is it does look like this is his backfield ahead. Um... Christian, do you think Matt Nagy watched the tape in week one and saw that Montgomery looks like the best back and it's going to be his job moving forward? If so, what do you think it's ceiling it? I think Matt Nagy probably did do that. I think it's nice that Montgomery was kind of fed the ball, but I think his ceiling is an RB2. I really don't think he's going to hit that. I think he's a top 30 guy. Um, I would be worried rolling him out there just because of how bad that Bears offense looks. Mitch Trubisky... I am so glad the Browns passed on him. He looks terrible. I think the Bears should just tank for Tua, although I think the Dolphins will beat him there. So, I don't know. Montgomery, I'd slide him into my lineup, but I'd be more happy with him as a flex. Another thing to note, Tariq Cohen, only four carries for 18 yards, did only add in two catches for seven. He probably needs the right matchup to be a flex play. Allen Robinson salvaged his game with a 25-yard catch in the last drive. the other Bears receivers really didn't do anything. If you have Anthony Miller still, go ahead and cut him. You're not, you're not going to use him this year. He looks. And we're going to move on here to our Monday night preview. We have the Browns versus the Jets on ESPN. Uh, guys, I'm going to give you a couple names here, and you have to decide if you're going to start or sit them this week. Uh, one quarterback, let's say you're starting three receivers, if you guys would start these guys. So... Robbie Anderson, Christian, are you starting him? No. Randy? No. All right. Denzel Ward, backup quarterback. No. All right. Jarvis Landry. Um, <laughs> as a wide receiver three, probably, or a flex, um, I'd be hesitant. Randy? Uh, same, but at this point in a regular fantasy uh, 
lineup, you already made that choice. So. Yeah, that's fair. I'd probably feel safe starting him as a wide receiver three. I do think his uh, reception potential is still there, even with Beckham. Uh, Baker, May- Baker Mayfield is your quarterback one, Christian. Yeah. Randy? Yeah. I would be well. Good. Trevor Semyon in a two-quarterback league. Christian? <laughs> no. Randy? <laughs> Not a chance. Yeah, even I wouldn't start him 300 yards and three touchdowns, I'm fine. Yeah, I wouldn't start him either. Uh, Browns defense, any interest, Christian? Uh, a little bit of interest. I think there are definitely better options for you this week. Uh, but if you have to decide between the Browns and the Jets, I would definitely roll with the Browns. Randy, same thoughts? Yeah. I think the Browns could be a top six defense this week, given who Trevor Simeon is as a quarterback. The last thing we'll go through here is our worthy waivers of the week. We're going to run through a couple guys here that we think are good pickups. I'm going to go ahead and start. Uh, DJ Chark. Uh, wide receiver for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Seven for 55 and a touchdown to follow up four catches for 146 and one. He clearly looks like a target that Garner Minshew wants to throw to. He looks like the real deal. Second year out of uh, Maryland. And he's a guy that you would probably want to target. He could possibly be a wide receiver three. Obviously, I'm not feeling as good about D.D. Westbrook anymore. And like I said, he does look to be Gardner Minshew's favorite guy. So I think he could be a wide receiver three. Christian, who else you got? Um, I'm going to roll with Demarcus Robinson for the Chiefs. A lot of hype this week went to McCole Hardman, uh, but Robinson went off for 172 yards and two touchdowns and had the the week one Sammy Watkins stat line. I think that if defenses are focusing on Sammy instead of Tyreek Hill, Demarcus Robinson is going to be the one that benefits the most. So I think that would definitely be someone to look at on waivers this week. And I'd like to make a correction here. DJ Chark is actually a second-year receiver out of LSU. I messed that up. I got him confused with DJ Moore. Uh, Randy, do you got anybody for us? Not really. Uh, just make sure if Hyde is open your league, he should be 100% owned. I think he's about 65 right now. Uh, the only other guy is same percentage, probably DK Metcalf. He looks like a consistent wide receiver three, wide receiver four. Yeah, that's definitely fair. Um, one other guy I'll bring to the table is Debo Samuel. We talked about him a little bit in the uh, Niners recap, but uh, he did have a great game. He's a rookie receiver out of South Carolina. He's a guy that San Francisco really likes. I think uh, with the with Dante Pettis not being who they thought he would be, I think uh, Debo Samuel is definitely a guy you want to own and keep an eye on because he could potentially be a big play guy that you start every week. I, I would agree so that, with that. I think he is going to be used more as a gadget player, too, so he could break off a 60-yard run and really boost yeah. his fantasy value. Yeah, absolutely. It seems he, like he could probably play the Mikko Hardman more. Randy, you got anything to add to that? Yeah, uh, I was just going to say keep an eye on the next day or so all the running back injuries. Keep an eye on Frank Gore, Justice Hill, Ty Montgomery, Balage. I mean, just Keep an eye on everyone. Yeah, absolutely. I think that there were some big-name injuries in Week 2 along with Week 1, so that's something you'll want to pay attention to when the uh, reports come out from the different teams. So that'll do it for this episode of The Cut. I want to thank everybody for listening. Um, If you have any suggestions or any donations that you want to provide, uh, shoot us an email at at officialcutpod at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at thecutffl. Um, and 
we are going to get better. We apologize for some sound issues again this time. Um, but be sure to be on the lookout for our second podcast this week. Uh, should be coming out uh, Wednesday or Thursday. We will preview week three as well as give you an idea of if there are any trades or anything like that after week two that you're looking at. Um, we'll give you one or two guys to target, uh, possibly buy low candidates. Uh, Christian, Randy, you guys have anything else to add? Uh, uh, yeah, just uh, continuing to send us questions on Twitter. Uh, we'll we'll post something again later this week about send us start sick questions, trade questions, may even put you on the show if they're good enough question for everyone. Yeah, and also be on the lookout for Randy and my DFS pod. Uh, as I said on the DFS podcast, Sean Ward is definitely afraid of DFS. So he is absent in those episodes, but we do break down um, who to put in your lineup, some values, uh, kind of even some sleeper value picks. So uh, stay on the lookout for that. It'll probably come out next Sunday morning. Yeah, we hit on all our value picks this week, and Alvin Kamara and Walken killed us. (laughs) True story. Absolutely. So there it is, folks. All the mediocre fantasy football advice you can handle. For Christian Williams and Randy Hall, I'm Sean Ward. Thanks for listening to The Cut. We gone!